Hello. Hello. This is Joya Italiano. And this is Jeff Ekman. And welcome to No But That's a Thing. A podcast where we talk about the science ideas that are contained in sci-fi movies. Yeah, neither of us are experts in any of these things, but we care about them and uh, we feel like we can make it interesting for you. So we Googled some stuff after watching a movie and here we go. Here we go. Alrighty-roo, here we go. Let's start. Welcome. Welcome. We just watched Contact. Contact the movie, Mm -hmm. written by Carl Sagan, the book. Or at least, you know what I'm saying. Right. The book was written by Carl Sa- yeah. Sagan, <laughs> the, the movie, astrophysicist. Yes, the, the astrophysicist <laughs> who spent a lot of time on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And he wanted to make a movie that was very realistic depiction of aliens contacting us and us hearing through radio telescopes an alien signal mm-hmm. and how the world is going to react to that. Well, and it sounds to me like the... If there ever were any complaints about the movie Contact, mm-hmm. most of it is not based on the scientific stuff, right? A lot of that no. is actually is quite respected. Mm-hmm. I think it's all of the, much of the same shit that we saw in Interstellar, the kind of the melodrama just dripping. Yeah, I feel like you can tell how much Carl Sagan's like felt the importance of this moment. Right. Because it's not being conveyed as well as it like could dramatically mm-hmm. but if you already are thinking that way then it's very effective yeah so well, I- i'm more of a sucker for this movie than most people should be i think a lot of people were suckers well also i mean it's it was in 1990 <laughs> was it 97 or 95 97 97 97 was not light handed it was <laughs> yeah. pretty heavy handed with everything like yeah. let's think about most movies from the titanic i saw five times in theaters I but i can acknowledge too. when i go back i'm like there's a lot going on here. It's not here. a light-handed it, movie. It, like I, I can appreciate somebody like Carl Sagan, who mm-hmm. this is his first novel, right? And he's wanting to tr- like not only pull on people's heartstrings, but also get them interested in the science itself. Yeah. So you got to be able to play both sides. Yeah. I understand that. And and depict like what's important about it. Right. Why yeah. why any of this should matter to us? What it yeah. really means on a on a real. I think level. it's actually his only novel. Like he, yeah. oh, the all of his other books are nonfiction. Mm. You know. So first and only, it's like, I have hats off, buddy. Science. I wanted to start off by talking about the golden record that is on the Voyager probe. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about this? I do not. So in 1977, Carl Sagan put together a team of people to, they were going to do the Voyager probe. They realized that all the planets in the solar system were aligning in a way that allowed us to, with one probe, go and visit each of the planets. Oh, cool. And this wasn't, this happens every like 30 something years. So it was a great opportunity to like send one probe out. It's going to fly past Mars and Jupiter and Saturn and, and continue on and do what's called a grand tour of the solar system. Mm-hmm. Because of all of the gravity assists that the probe gets, it's going to shoot way out of our solar system and be the first interstellar probe. And mm-hmm. so they decided to put something on it that's basically a message to aliens that might find it. Okay. And that's what this golden record is. And they decided to put what humanity is onto this record and it's try sort to... sort of a little time capsule. Yeah. It's got images of, like, natural sounds, oh. like... Oh, I've heard of this. Oceans and the wind and thunder, you know, bird songs and whale songs, and then greetings from 55 different ancient languages and modern languages, images of scientific interests, and a map to show where we are, Mm -hmm. to basically point 
to us for right. aliens. They've got music such as Bach and Mozart and Beethoven, and they also have Johnny B. Good. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> Let's go back to when you're talking about the probes going through okay. the galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. Collecting data, just kind of... Yeah, Okay. Co- collecting data. Like, it was the first images, close-up images of Jupiter and Saturn and Uranus and Neptune. Mm-hmm. And then it's now like a couple of instruments are still working on it as it's entered interstellar space. Mm -hmm. And the last instruments should die in like 2025 or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Just this need for humans to want to connect and to to, Mm -hmm. to be understood, I suppose. So this movie deals a lot with just, you know, knowing that we can't be alone in the universe. We're but a speck of dust in in God's (laughs) eye or whatever. God or not. I mean, this movie talks a lot about you know god versus nature well we're at least a speck in the universe yeah so apparently in the past scientists have tried to send messages into space you're talking about this in what 1977 of sending this out there yeah was that because i was reading about nasa's there was pioneer 10 and 11 Mm -hmm. those were two spacecrafts that carried messages written onto plaques and a record is that is that what you're talking about similar kind of idea okay so this was a thing that just kept going so then there was also project cyclops which was shelves in the 70s it was supported by nasa but that just didn't have the the funding and that that proposal was to create a network of radio telescopes on Earth to reach out as far as 1,000 light years into space. Uh, so well. 1,000 light years, right? That's <laughs> fucking far away. Yeah. So, but then now this this new company, the uh, Messaging Extraterrestrial Intelligence Group, that's based in San Francisco or METI. Oh, METI. That's how you. That's what that's called. Not SETI. Um, not SETI, but METI. METI. I think they're the same thing. You search for intelligent life, or one's messaging. listening, one's yeah. Just trying to figure it out and one's trying to like <laughs> yeah. actually get in touch or whatever anyway so uh meti is trying to reinvigorate that plan that project cyclops was they're planning a series of workshops and like a, a crowdfunding drive and they're going to try to raise about a million dollars a year to run this transmitter that they're putting mm. out there by 2018 they want to be able to have laser or radio signals beam up, beamed out to proxima b which is that planet that scientists announced last year it was like august in 2016 oh. proxima b which was earth-like in its atmosphere and what have yeah. you so we'll talk about that later too because it's like is there life up there we mm-hmm. have no idea but this group basically <laughs> figured could be and could so we're be, gonna should, send them a message might as well be that one if we're gonna try to just put this let's, fucking transmitter into space let's at least wave wave yeah. hello <laughs> exactly we want to know whether we're alone in the universe right. and i think like i wind up coming down on i don't think that we're visited by aliens Like, a lot of people do think that, but I think that aliens are out there. They do exist on other planets, probably even intelligent life. Yeah. Well, we've talked before about, uh, in other episodes, about how, I mean, it's kind of naive to think that we would be alone in the universe, but it's just the reality of us ever being able to go there ourselves is so far out of grasp. Yeah. Because even this Proxima B, which is supposed to be, you know, this is the closest to us, it's 4.25 light years away, which is... 40 trillion kilometers. That's like the closest star, pretty much, right? Yeah, and that's what, yeah, and before its discovery, and it's certainly the closest Earth-like planet, Mm. because before that, the closest Earth-like was like 14 light light years away. So there's Mm. 4.25 versus 14. So of course we're being like, Yahoo, this looks great. Well, as far as sending a message out to aliens, I think like, that's what I find so interesting about the golden record, Mm -hmm. is like what we've chosen as a representation of humanity. And one of the things, like, my favorite thing that they put on there is a brainwave, like, an EEG mm-hmm. of Andrean, who actually co-wrote the movie, and it was Carl Sagan's wife. What? 
And yeah, th- his wife, Andrian, was like, their love was kind of legendary in a way. And there's wow. like these wonderful stories about, you know, the two of them together. And on the Voyager probe, the EEG, it was recorded while she was thinking about how much she loved him. That's absurd. They're like, so this is what you're, this is your brain on love. <laughs> That's exactly it. It was like, this is I love what... to see that PSA. Yeah. And it's this like. This is your brain. <laughs> This is your brain on love. And it's just like, sunshine, lollipops. Yeah. Anyway, that's fucking amazing. The the assumption, though, of course, even with trying to find life forms on Proxima B, for example, Mm -hmm. is like we assume that the life is going to be anywhere like human life. Right. You know, so we're assuming we're like, well, let's say that they can understand what we're doing Uh here. They might as well know that we like the Beatles. We yeah. like well, Johnny Oh, that was good. really funny. They yeah. wanted to include Here Comes the Sun, but the record company EMI, which held the copyright, declined. <laughs> no They way. said no Beatles on the Fuck Voyager record. Aliens. I can't that believe That is ridiculous. Like, we should have had the Beatles to represent if, us. If one is going, if a planet is going to have a representation of their, of, yeah. I don't know. I that's mean, pretty Bach and Beethoven is pretty good, too. I'm like, too. no, no, no. <laughs> The Beatles. Yeah, but... Perhaps a well, Michael Jackson. That was what was so funny about the Johnny B. Good thing was that, like, the Chuck Berry... <laughs> there was a lot of controversy over whether they should include rock music because right. it was so adolescent. And Carl Sagan replied, look, there's a lot of adolescents on this planet. I like that response. Yeah. I was like, what's he going to say? <laughs> That's really funny, though, too. And then just, like, the politics of that, I'm just trying to figure out, like, no, 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 but, like, when you put all of our shit aside, we're like, no, 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 who do we want to be in the eyes of aliens? Right. Like, like who do you want to be? Be like, I'm going to put on my, my, my best suit. Yeah. I'm going to put on my, I'm, I'm gonna, play I'm my best music. My my brainwaves of love, yeah, you know? this is what love looks like, just so you know. But, I mean, okay, so you haven't seen Arrival yet, right? The new one, no. Correct. No. That deals... Pretty much entirely with communication and uh-huh. how to communicate with alien life forms, and then of course it's a it's it's a commentary on communication between people. Uh. You know, contact is also this allegory for being able to communicate with people in your life that you've lost. Mm-hmm. The entire time Jodie Foster is dealing with the memory of her her father who had passed away, and, and the idea of being able to maybe see him again, and yeah. if she looked out there, and it's then what heaven is, and earth. And blah, as blah, blah, a kid, blah. she's like, one day I'm gonna build an antenna big enough to talk to my parents up in heaven, right. and then. She does, and then goes and meets her dad up in yeah. on an alien planet. And yeah, mm-hmm. which <laughs> some could argue was true, and some could argue was just a manifestation of her. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, but- the movie ends, and like the society is like, I don't know if we believe her, but then there's like definite evidence that it happened. So it kind of cuts right. the legs out of itself. By the end? It does, because I think what it's trying to do is ask the question, or at least, it's not necessarily pinning God and science against each other, but right. acknowledging that, that quote-unquote, faith is involved in both to mm-hmm. some degree yeah. without, like, real, real intense evidence. Right. And, and that I can certainly deal with. I, I appreciated those kind of elevated themes in the movie. Going back to the way, like, the communication and how do you communicate with a species that, like, there's no basis for anything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes down to mathematics. Totally. That's what I was going to say is a lot of with this, mm-hmm. this many that I was looking into. It's like either science or math principles because they're like, maybe that's the, that's the universal language. Yeah, yeah. Either love or math and science. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's both. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. They they drew like a map to Earth on the Voyager probe, mm-hmm. which it has 14 different pulsars and our relationship to them. Mm-hmm. And then it explains about like the rotation rates of the pulsars so that if any alien being can see those, find those 14 pulsars, they'd be able to find us. Mm-hmm. So when you say pulsar, is that kind of like... How would you relate it? Sonar, some kind of like like vibration in the universe. A bunch of big lighthouses. Uh huh. Okay. uh, And they're positioned, and you're like, you've been given the position of fourteen different lighthouses and an island's position Mm -hmm. relative to that. You'd be able to figure out where the island is. Very battleshipy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, very battleship esque. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. But they also like have a description of how to build a phonograph to play the record. Yeah. Like which. It'd be amazing if any alien could figure that out. Well, so in this one, we eventually use the material or the intelligence that the aliens have to build the machine, Yeah, in In contact, contact, we're sent a message that includes, like, schematics to build, like, a special alien rocket. Mm -hmm. And we try to build that, and that sends Jodie Foster to, like, actually talk to the aliens. Right, okay. So do you want, let's talk about the Drake equation. Yeah, so the Drake equation is a probabilistic argument, which is a way to figure out how many alien species might exist in the galaxy. Side note, this was written by Frank Drake, who's an astrophysicist, in 1961. Yes. It's essentially the number of stars in the galaxy, and then the fraction of those stars that have planets, the fraction of those planets that could have life, the fraction of the life that could have intelligent life, then the fraction of the intelligent life that would send out radio waves, and then the fraction of those that are sending out radio waves while we're listening. Right. And that comes out to between 1,000 and 100 million intelligent civilizations in our galaxy. Again, very naive to think that we're like, no, but we're the ones that were created. Exactly. Uh, Although 1,000 to 100 million is a pretty big range, and we're making some real assumptions in this equation. Yes. Well, this seems to be extremely general, and yet, though even those odds, even that range, tells me yeah. that it is naive to think that Earth is the only planet with, with intelligent life on it. It's yes. just ridiculous. So that principle, the, the Drake equation, is what a lot of these Medi or Seti mm-hmm. are, are mm-hmm. working with or well, from. The flip side of the Drake equation is a thing called the Fermi Paradox. Mm -hmm. And the Fermi Paradox, which was done by Enrico Fermi a couple years before the Drake equation, is that also known as the Great Silence. Mm -hmm. And it's basically the idea that if there are that many intelligent lives out there, why haven't we heard from them? Probably distance, right? Well, there's a lot of reasons for it. It, but them, there's yeah. a good argument to be made that like if they're out there the universe has existed long enough that we they one of them should have contacted us i see uh okay uh, totally i could i can like, see that we've been listening to radio waves for less than 100 years yeah like give us some fucking time bro well <laughs> exactly because a couple of the reasons would be like extraterrestrial life is rare or non-existent mm-hmm. which i don't think is the truth it's the nature of intelligent life to destroy itself Wow, the way things are going, I totally understand that. Yeah, it's a a good argument to be made. It could be periodic extinction by natural events. That's Um, that's been a thing here. mm -hmm. It's been a thing here. It could be intelligent civilizations are just too far apart. That's Um, what I said. mm -hmm. That's what she said. (laughs) That's what she said. So those are some of the things. Those are some of the things. (laughs) Okay. You know, okay, 
Oh, one of the other ones that I thought was interesting was that, like, just that everyone is listening and no one's transmitting was a theory. Right. I could see that. That actually leads me to an interesting point because with Medi, for example, that's trying to send a message out, figure mm-hmm. out what to say, and then therefore do it. There are others that say that something like that could be dangerous, basically saying, like, alerting aliens to our existence is yeah. a bad idea. Stephen Hawking even recent, recently was saying, he was speaking in November of 2016, he was equating it to, like, I don't know, when the Native Americans first met Christopher Columbus, yeah. and that didn't really go very well. But then also yeah. saying that we might be, if there's other intelligent life that's even more advanced than us, we might be essentially bacteria to them right so even if they didn't want to actively go out of their way to kill us they might just be like oh shit it's like you don't mean to step on a pile of ants Mm -hmm. they're just like there and you step on them because you're a lot bigger and you're not paying attention to them well i think like one of the lines we would be the ants jeff the ants (laughs) well one of the lines in the movie i think is how guilty would we feel about destroying a few microbes on an anthill in africa exactly and the answer is not we and wouldn't. We would be like, oh, we didn't even think about that. We didn't, didn't think even about know anybody we were there ourselves. even. Yeah. Y- you know, it could and be. And not even microbes. We're like, we talk about this all the time. We yeah. destroy the planet. We destroy it. We kill all the animals. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. we, we kill each other. Of yep. course, we're, we're, I mean, Terminator went all over with this too. Like, it's your nature <laughs> to annihilate your own species. Of course it is, you know. Yeah. So I could completely understand that. But then, you know, the experts that are looking into this, they're saying the positive benefits outweigh the negative. Mm-hmm. That's essentially the entire focus of our podcast of being like, how do I feel about being able to connect? I would love to be to be able to connect, but it doesn't need to get all fucking Independence Day up in here. No, we don't need that. We don't need to welcome them to Earth. (laughs) There's no way to get everybody on Earth together to decide this. Mm -hmm. So whoever's deciding whether or not we're going to send out a signal, there would be a whole group of people who are like, never fucking do that. And they have no say in whether or not. Well, because there's no, yeah, there's no actual grounding. There's no real uh, limits on whether or not you can send messages out in the space or what they should say. I think probably because there's not really a precedent of being like, well, we've discovered in the past this really pissed off the Mars Attacks people. And this really pissed off the, you know. Um, However, okay, go ahead. Well, just like, I feel like we should not be afraid to announce our presence Mm -hmm. and that maybe it's an optimist view. Maybe it's a naive view. Well, so Medi President Douglas Vakach, Vakach? I don't think it's Vakach. I think it's probably Vakach or Vakach. I don't know. <laughs> he was basically saying to be able to test that hypothesis. He says, quote, the role of scientists is to test hypotheses. Through Medi, we can empirically test the hypothesis that transmitting an intentional signal will elicit a reply. So, and also a lot of it is about garnering information because as we've talked about before, if we destroy our planet or we need to work towards being able to sustain life elsewhere, mm-hmm. it's probably good to, be, to at least test the waters and be like, Hey, you guys cool? Like when <laughs> when this place fucking it was just overrun with water, then we might have to uh, I don't know. I think it's yeah. planning for like future gener- generations yeah. this kind of thing. So, ah, I don't know. That being said, I don't really want to be like, "Hey, we're over here and have some big alien race come and fuck with us." Yeah. Like, we don't need the dark overlords like from fucking Howard the Duck. I don't need that. That's the thing. It's it's so deeply unknown that like what could happen what another alien species would be like but i also feel like that's the thing that's going to bring humanity and the whole earth together Mm -hmm. to realize like nationalism is a ridiculous concept Mm -hmm. and planetism will arise yeah you know 
Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it's unfortunate that it has to come to that to be like, oh yeah, maybe we right. shouldn't kill each other. But but it is this. You mean like having like a, a another other. That's like yeah, like us more other aliens. than anybody than any human is from each other. Well, that's what fucking Independence Day became. We're like it's the Revolutionary War right. against the aliens. You know, like yeah. that's what it would become. And I, I don't know. I I, th- I do think it, this is more or less farther off than maybe within our lifetime we can get some kind of lay of the land. But I don't think there's going to be any like what colonization is the lay of the happen. land in that situation. Probably more information as to what like the atmospheric. Uh, situations yeah. are what kind of life could sustain itself up there well, because well, well i'll talk about that when i talk about proxima b too because okay. like more stuff there's been more studies since they've announced the discovery of it as being mm. earth-like and the lay of the land is knowing a can life really sustain itself just because there's water or whatever right. there what what are we dealing with here well so far on earth everywhere that we've found water we've found life Mm -hmm. in places that we thought life could never exist if there was water there there was life there that's of course different from intelligent life though so it's just because you find life you could find some like resilient motherfucking microbes but well you can also make the argument that if you find (laughs) microbial life within our own solar system that developed separate Mm -hmm. to us like for example under the ice in the oceans of europa you know, it, like, then it's very likely that there's intelligent life everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's microbial life that close to home, mm-hmm. then life must be incredibly common. Yeah, but 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 how much, uh, like, super evolved life to the point where there's, like, civilizations and stuff, I think is... That's a whole other question. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. that's what I... The reason I'm making that clarification is because you can easily say, like, life on other planets, and people are like, holy shit balls! what are they... It's like Futurama up in here? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, but no, it's just... Really, it's like... But that being said, bacteria, if so. there's if there's bacteria that can live, right. we were fucking bacteria. Like, we started as microbes as e- well. Exactly. And I think that's cool man but that to me that means that like we got to get on this mission to europa and there's like all these things that nasa's doing like they are testing boring mechanisms in the arctic to understand how we can bore through miles of ice and then release like a swimming bot that can then go check out what's under there (laughs) and then like somehow send it back up to the surface and then all the way back to earth yeah it, it's a complicated bunch of problems that need to be solved to do this mission, but it's one of those missions that they're like, we should probably do that. We should probably do that, and it might be painstaking, but it, it is possible. As you're talking, I'm thinking about some of the deep water divey shit mm-hmm. that happens here for mm-hmm. even like filming Planet Earth, and they're like, we're going to the bottom of the barrel here. And then look at what kind of crazy <laughs> creatures they've discovered. Look at some of the creatures. Out. Have you seen fuck- Planet Earth's deep ocean? That oh, yeah. That shit is wild, man. It's fucking amazing. So just imagine those kinds of creeps, creepsters on uh, other planets. Right. But, the, like, the other thing is, if it's not in water, then is it possible for life to exist that isn't, like, carbon-based, that's, like, more cloud forms? Right. You know? There, there's a lot of crazy ideas for how aliens could exist mm-hmm. that are not life as we know it. Correct. But... In but general, we, we talk about life, life as we, we know, know it. it. <laughs> <laughs> we really need to open our minds here. Yeah. 
so this Medi, the, the transmitter that they're trying to build, would be geared towards Proxima B, which is this Earth-like planet that scientists announced the discovery of in August of 2016. And it orbits a Proxima Centauri, which is the closest star to our solar system. Mm. It's part of the Alpha Centauri star system. The planet itself, Proxima B, is 1.3 times the size of Earth. And it has an 11.2 day orbit around its star. Mm. So the best estimates are that it's like negative 40 degrees Celsius. Oh, man. <laughs> so already you're kind of like, Oh, it, it, it's inhabitable? I'm sorry, what are you talking about? What do you yeah. mean it's Earth-like? And they're basically saying it's Earth-like in the sense that it, there's a breathable atmosphere in it and that it might be covered in water. Mm. They also say that it's part. It's in the quote-unquote Goldilocks zone, yeah. uh, which means that it's close enough to have liquid liquid water, but it's not so close that it would have, you know, it would boil away right. as, a, as a you know result of being close to that it's star. It's just right. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's why everybody was freaking out when it, when I remember when that article came out it was like everyone's like holy shit that means there's got to be people just like us on yeah, that planet. Yeah. But since then there's been a new study that the <laughs> that Proxima B might be regularly pummeled by extinction level stellar flames. <laughs> so we talked about on a previous episode about solar flares mm-hmm. that uh, would disrupt our electronics for example. Mm-hmm. Well this is the kind of thing that would actually just irradiate er- the entire planet. <laughs> irradiate the entire planet. Um, but since that point there's this astrobiologist called Dimitra Atri. He's from the Blue Marble Institute of Space Science in Seattle. And he's been doing all of these different simulations, including like the type and size of the stellar flares and the range that we see in the universe mm-hmm. of those types of solar flares. Mm-hmm. And then you put that up against how thick the planet's atmosphere could be, the strength of its magnetic field and so on. So that's because the magnetic field is a key part of like shielding yeah, it, the planet. Like, that's I think why Mars has such a thin atmosphere is mm-hmm. that it doesn't have a magnetic field and so a lot of like the solar winds basically blew the atmosphere away. Exactly. Precisely. So the problem is that they don't know these specifics about the planet. If Proxima B has an atmosphere or a magnetic field similar to Earth's then life on its surface could be possible but without that protective barrier mm-hmm. that's not the case and they just don't know enough about it right well, now. There's like a whole other thing where life could exist under the surface of a certain planet and so mm-hmm. where liquid water is, is doesn't necessarily have to be on the surface the way it is on Earth. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, in Mars, which is too cold, really, to have normal liquid water, we've found liquid salty water. Mm-hmm. And the salty water has, like, a different melting point than pure water. And so who the fuck knows? Like, we may find, like, as we dig more into that, like, salt brine that mm-hmm. we found on Mars last year... Um, we may find some microbes in there. Mm-hmm. There's also theories that life on Earth started on Mars and then an asteroid like ejected microbes off of Mars that then landed on Earth and seeded Earth. Right. So if we did find something on Mars, there's even the extra question of, is that actually us too or did that evolve separately? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think f- from doing my research or whatever, it... What I take away from this is the importance of trying to continue to understand the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're it's just all conjecture and nonsense for me to be like, well, yeah, I'm going to hypothesize about blah, blah, blah. What I want is for more people to be able to find these discoveries, like yeah. reach any kind of conclusion. Well, on that front, have mm-hmm. you heard about the SETI at Home project? SETI at Home, I am not. SETI at Home is this thing where... You can download software onto your computer and then SETI uses your processing power to start searching for more radio signals. 
anybody in the world can do this. It's like this free software. They're able to send data to your computer, run it in the background, use your computing power, and it's called like a distributed computing project. Okay. And you volunteer your computing power okay. of your laptop or your desktop or whatever. And SETI is able to like use that without interfering with your work. Wow. That's fucking awesome. I think that because well, as you're talking, I'm like, th- there's just <laughs> there's such a trope of like the, the alien conspiracy theorist, like the person mm. that's like, oh, Area 51, that's what all of this is about. That I think <laughs> right. people's impulse is to be like, oh, shut the fuck up, you know, and, and there's mm. been for so long other people saying, no, there's no other intelligent life. Like there's no other planets that are sustainable, whatever. Mm. And I think <laughs> we need to just demystify all of that and. Just get the fuck over ourselves and mm-hmm. and really be like, do we sincerely think that we're the only ones on in in the millions and millions of planets and well, it, it, star yeah. systems out there? That goes back to like our first thought was that the Earth was the center of the universe, right? You know, we're exploring the universe is a lesson in get over yourself. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, every time we realize like we're less and less significant. In the traditional sense, but in a way that makes us hugely significant. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the messaging about it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's <laughs> to some degree we have to make fucking science cool again. Mm-hmm. It's not. It, it, and it is cool, but we need to express to people why it's cool. There also needs to be this separation of the the, the religious aspect. I, yeah. I sincerely believe that contact really deals a lot with this mm-hmm. because this entire thing is people challenging Jodie Foster and just being like, really, you don't believe that there's anything after, you know, like you think that this is just it, right. this kind of thing. And and then at the end, she's telling her story of like having visited the alien. And right. they're like, and are you saying that, that we got to take this yeah. on faith? Yeah, on faith alone. And it's yeah. like, oh, man. And when you put the two <laughs> together, when you have that, in my opinion, false equivalency, it just compl- it continues to kind of muddy up what should be just like a gained or a communal desire to figure out where the fuck we are come where we come from and where we're going yeah yeah you know and and your moral compass shouldn't necessarily be affected by the reality of that i mean another sagan quote is we are a way for the universe to know itself correct and i think that that is one of the major goals of life is to understand the universe Mm -hmm. and so if you're to standing in the way of that then fucking move bro (laughs) so i wanted to talk about this thing called the wow signal okay wow exclamation point wow yep and that's how you say that word in 1977 we picked up a signal that is most likely to be of extraterrestrial origin that we've ever found really and it was so of that nature that the guy, when he was going over the data, circled it and then wrote, wow, exclamation point right next to it. Really? And the legend of the wow signal was born. <laughs> and there's, we still don't know, like there's no good explanation for how this could have happened naturally. Uh-huh. The entire signal sequence lasted this 72 second window. Like for 72 seconds, the radio and was listening. Was and we still don't know because a decade earlier, these physicists at Cornell speculated that extraterrestrial civilizations that are trying to contact us would try to do it on the frequency of 1420 megahertz. Okay. And the reason for that is that's what's naturally emitted by hydrogen. Okay. Which is everywhere in the universe. So it could be like a standard radio emission that happens that everybody in the universe would know. Interesting. 
and this signal came in at 1420 megahertz and it hasn't been seen since i need you to explain what the significance of megahertz again it's like you know when you're tuning a radio station Mm -hmm. and like you're you know it's 103 on the dial 103.9 it's like what if 103.9 was most likely like shared commonality with hydrogen atoms Uh and so it would be reasonable that an alien species trying to contact other alien species would use that frequency i see okay and that's the frequency that this signal came in on we've listened very closely to it again and again and there's nothing there but for the 72 seconds there was a signal that was coming in that bore all of the hallmarks of an extraterrestrial signal. But there's no sound there. Like there's no, not even, because okay, for, for example, in the in the movie, there's kind mm. of like a, wah, wah, you know, there's right. always some kind in, of. In the movie, they specifically state that it's carrying information. The, okay. the Whereas this was not carrying any discernible right. uh, message. message. Like there was no data for us to then be like, oh, it's a schematic for an alien machine mm-hmm. and i'm also thinking about a turn of phrase lost in translation either mm-hmm. figuratively or, or literally right mm-hmm. but there's so much difference and there's so much variation even if you go to different places in the united states let alone the world let yeah. alone the galaxy that it's that to me would be an even more interesting thing to tackle mm-hmm. even Medi is trying to deal with like what message do we put out there what do we think is it right. are we going to just boil it down to mathematics and you know science hypotheses but i mean not just finding or or reaching the conclusion that there is intelligent life but then now what what's the right. next you know how do we communicate how with do them we even f- fucking communicate with them what's the next step you and know? that's why the theories that involve like okay well hydrogen exists everywhere in the universe Maybe there's a property involving that so that we can start to have a basis, a commonality to discuss on. Uh, But one of the things, speaking of responses and us like sending messages into space, was that on the 35th anniversary of the WOW signal we sent in 2012, we sent out a response from humanity directed at the constellation Sagittarius, which is where it was coming from. Mm -hmm. And that carried like 10,000 tweets and uh 10,000 tweets yeah they like crowdsourced tweets of like what would you want to say to the aliens oh, wow and so there's 10,000 twitter messages that have been sent wow out to the where the wow oh, signal came from oh my god <laughs> i know you always have that moment like well and especially <laughs> lately with, with the shit we're dealing with here yeah. it's like oh any DJTs I, I feel like among them some of the djts yeah just like anytime i have this kind of step outside of myself moment and be like what if i had a bird's eye view of what this was what if i was an alien seeing this for the first time and what this is i mean it's weird enough i look at it in the context of history books and you know how history is going to look at donald trump Mm -hmm. then you look at it on a level of you know what would other intelligent civilizations think it's you know well that actually wraps around to the movie because the what the aliens send back to us includes our own broadcasts to them right and and in the movie the aliens send back to us a broadcast of hitler exactly at the opening games of the berlin olympics right so in our context it would be they would send us like footage <laughs> yeah. of the apprentice and we'd be like oh yeah, like, uh, one of his you know what sad. are they trying to SNL say snl sucks sad oh <laughs> I, I was just kind of wanting to ask again that question like do you think we're alone 
I have no problem. But then I realized, that. like, you've spent the whole episode being like, I mean, it would be ridiculous to think. Yeah, that we're alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I think I, like halfway through saying this, I'm like, we don't need to. Do yeah, that. just because I, I think the bigger question would be, do you want us to be? Like, how do you feel about that's it? Not a, what that I think. Like, do you want us to do be you, able to find intelligent life? Well, what? That's a, okay. Let me ask you that. That's a better question. Absolutely. I don't want to be alone. I yeah. don't. The more that we understand about the universe, the mm. more we understand who we are. And I think that's what's so interesting when you when you put something like faith in God and and science against mm. each other, because. Religion to me is what people created when they had no idea why they're here or why they're dying, yeah. why everybody around them is dying. And it's it's far easier or far more comforting to be able to say God has a plan or that you're part of some master you know, weaving of a carpet mm -hmm. than to acknowledge that there is some kind of chaos in the universe. It's like, why can't we at least acknowledge there's chaos in the universe but also has some kind of structure and just appreciate how this happened? Yeah. The more we understand about the Big Bang or like how we originated the the better right the mm -hmm. the closer we are to even understanding anything I, I i don't can't think of like a scientific truth that we've learned that's made the world whoa let me stop myself yeah from i was saying like worse what <laughs> it's well because again but what's always the element there the human element is right. what always fucks it up it's like about, science like, is we, the tool yeah that you could either use for good or use for evil mm -hmm. and how do we use it yeah Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately what it is. I would say an even bigger question than that is we need to, regardless of what the truth is, find some sort of purpose in our lives that doesn't revolve around either wanting to not be alone in the universe or to believe that everything that was created by some kind of magical being in the right. sky. The, because the more I understand and the more perspective I get, whether that means moving away from home for college right. or looking into the sky, it just offers me a much bigger perspective about myself and who I am and who I want to be. And that's what I think all of us need to do. We're here in a blink of an eye. We might as well make it mean something, this kind of thing. I know yeah. that's a very like overloaded way of answering your question. but Or your question. But, my own question, uh, yeah. yeah. But, but I just... I just want people to fucking think. Yeah. Whether whether what you think about it actually doesn't even matter to me as long as you think. You know? As long as you actually ask yourself the question. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite lines? Favorite lines. See, in all our searching, the only thing we found that makes the emptiness bearable is each other. I, that kind of speaks to the point fucking, I was just making. Yeah, that's, that's the like exact the most point. Line. I think that's totally true. Yeah. I mean, so don't stop asking the question, but don't forget about each other. Yeah. I yeah. like it. I like it. I loved that. Like she was asked what she would ask the alien if she met one, mm -hmm. and she said, "How did you do it? How did you survive this technological adolescence without destroying yourself?" Mm. And I think that is the question. Right. Is <laughs> like if we can pull that off. Like, get through this technological adolescence that's probably going to last the next, like, three or four hundred years. Right. Without killing ourselves, then I think things are going to be okay. Right. But, totally. <laughs> like, it's a very legitimate question oh. to ask a successful, intelligent alien, like, how did you pull that off? Yeah. Wow. What do you, what do you want to do for next week? Well, either alien or arrival. Well, because alien almost provides this, like, this is our search for intelligent life and alien is like, what if it's really dangerous? Correct. <laughs> That's much more <laughs> sci-fi monster movie. Yes. Still, it's still intelligent, but yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Well, well good talk. Yeah.
Have a good week. Bye.